Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. I should say the essential Nikki Kinzer. With the essential Pete Wright. We are essential today. (laughs) I am so excited. You are my priority right now. I feel like a bottled water. A bottled water. Don't you know it sounds like a a bottle? Oh, whatever. Okay. Okay. So we are talking about, uh, we're talking about priority today. And this is all spinning off of a conversation that we started, I think, a couple of weeks ago uh, around this book, Essentialism, uh, by Greg McCune. We're going to talk all about that. I'm very excited to do it. Uh, But before we do that, head over to Take Control ADHD and get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe for free there. You can join the mailing list, get notified every time a new episode goes live or anywhere your favorite podcasts are served. Uh, You can join in the conversation. We'd love to hear from you about how this book, if you've read it, has impacted you or how these messages impact you uh, in living with your ADHD and beyond. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And of course, call us 503-664-4ADD to get your voice and your thoughts on this very show. Okay, so why am I so excited? Because I said out loud in my out loud voice, Nikki, Mm -hmm. this book is great. And then you went and got it. I did. I did. I got it because we had spoken about it twice already. Well, you have because I hadn't read it yet. Right. And uh, and then this week, I had a client tell me that they actually went and got the book after hearing us talk about it. So I thought, you know what? It is about time that I get this book and check it out. That is awesome. The book is – the full title of the book is – Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McCune. And I think that second half, that subtitle, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less, that actually has a big impact for me about uh, about how the choices I make and how I live my life. So I, I get stuck in this habit of just calling it essentialism. I think that's unfair to the message of the book, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. Today we're talking about the concept of priority, which we introduced last week. Uh, why has that become important for you this week? What would you like to talk about? Well, I've just been thinking about it since, you know, because we were talking about that, that when you were saying how it went from priority to priorities, you right, know, how that right. kind of that shift changed for people. We're talking about, of course, just as a, a backstory with the, the Google Ngram viewer let, lets us see when we as a population started writing about the word priorities before before about 1940, we only had a priority. It was the one thing. And then that changed in 1940. Right. Where now we have all kinds of priorities. 
And it, and it's such a common theme too, where I hear people say, well, I've got 10 things on my to-do list. And I've always said, you know, I've, I've said it on the podcast and, and when I talk about to-do lists, you know, pick one to two things. And now I'm really going back to just picking one. I mean, let's go down to just what the priority is. So I've been kind of stewing on this for a while and thinking about it, you know, and, and how does that really dictate, you know, what you do for the day? Um, not only work-wise, but kind of getting that balance in too for, for home and personal and all of that. Totally, totally. Right? So I have a question for you. I have an answer. Let's see if they What do you, th- okay, good. <laughs> I, what, what do you think the danger is in having too many priorities? Well, I, I'll tell you from personal experience, the danger for me is when I have too many priorities, things that I have told myself sort of artificially, and I, to be honest with myself, these are artificial priorities generally. Right. Um, when I have too many of these priorities, uh, I don't get any of them accomplished, right? I don't. I never really make substantive process on any of them. Is that the leading question there, or the leading answer from your leading question that you well, wanted yeah, to hear? Well, yeah, I didn't know what you were going to say, so I'm glad that you said that. It is. <laughs> I and, agree. And, you know, it's something that I wanted to talk about, and we can talk about this later, too. It's the, it's the application of, of schedule. Because for me, what I've been stewing on, and I had a conversation with a colleague about this uh, this week as well, is the idea of ownership of time. And, and when you look at the time that you have in blocks, and I'm sure our listeners have this, are, are probably saying this, you know, I have, I have competing priorities because I have responsibilities to family, responsibilities to work, responsibilities to kids' school. I have, I have these things that are, are responsibilities to other people that I have to get done or I have to be present in a place. And that impacts the time that I own as my own. And, and so, um, that has, that has been a, a, a big thing for me too, is figuring out, you know, what is the time that I own? Because that determines what I can set as my priority. Well, so do you think that there is time that you have in your schedule that you don't, don't own because you do have to go pick up the kids or, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I've also set for me, I I have set, uh, you know, the priority in my life. Like there's this sort of life priority, which is, you know, my family, I, I I want to, to, to live in a healthy, happy family. And I, and, and having that as the number one kind of overriding priority over everything else allows me to make certain decisions about the work that I take on. On the side projects I take on and the way I spend my time when I should be at home with my family, right? It, it just helps me reframe what I do day to day. But mm-hmm. there is also time that is where my family is otherwise occupied. I've got the kids off at school. I've worked on the client projects. There is time, you know, even if it's not much time in a given week, it is time that I can associate toward a, a personal project or something that I want to get done. And, and mm-hmm. I own that time 100%. Nobody else is counting on me uh, and during that time. And, and I think that is the question uh, that, that we have to come to when you talk about sort of focus. And, and this is one of the concepts in the book that focus, we, we talk about you know, focus as a thing. You either have it or you don't. But it's also back to this idea of developing our muscles. Focus is a thing we do. Right. It's not just a thing that exists in the universe. It's a it's a practice. Mm -hmm. And and when you are when you're using sort of these essentialist concepts as a practice, then you get better at it. Right. And even if you only have an hour a week 
that isn't devoted to somebody else or to work hours or to something else that you have to get done for somebody else, that hour a week can be dedicated to a priority that you can focus on to to move something forward in time. Well, and it's interesting because one of the, I haven't read the whole book, um, but I've read a, a lot of it, and I know that a big piece of what he is talking about is it is choice. Yeah. And um, having that choice of how how you decide to spend your time, and and he he actually says that you know if you um, don't choose your priorities yourself or your priority, right, yeah. um, then they get chosen for us, which I can see happening because I think that especially when people just get so used to you doing things, you know, you're always going to be the one that says yes. Um, then they just assume that you're going to do something, you know, yeah, sure. They'll volunteer. They always do, you know, or they'll, they'll pick that up for us. No problem. Um, and then we run around like crazy people trying to, to please everyone. So there is definitely an element of choice, um, that I think is important. And it was interesting too, because you were talking about family being a priority and, you know, when you try to decide what is your priority, because I think that one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up in the show is that that is difficult for people with ADHD to figure out. Like, yes. what is the priority? Because, you know, everything feels important. Work is, is just as important as family. I know that seems, you know, it seems strange to say that out loud, but when you're in the middle of trying to figure out what you're going to do, that sometimes feels like that should be what your attention should be on. You know what I mean? And I think this is the question of priority for me. Like, and, and as you know, it, it actually helps me deal with my ADHD because it provides, uh, it provides a constraint, right? Mm-hmm. So because I have in the back of my mind, always sitting there that my number one priority is my family. Mm-hmm. Then when I am faced with a, a, a conflict, right? When I'm faced with something uh, that is outside of that priority that comes into my life that is demanding my attention, as important as it may appear, the first thing I'm thinking of is how will this impact my number one priority, which is my family? Mm-hmm. And there's a scale, right? But it, it's a scale of, you know, this is going to require me to travel to Europe for six months and be away from my family. Um, and I have to weigh the outcome. What will the, is there a significant increase in income? Is it a, a project that's going to pay me a lot? Or is it, it that will definitely impact my family, right? I, it will, right. that is a balance that I, or is it just something that is, that that's something that a regular old client needs me to, to just give up everything in my family for six months and, and move away? I'm probably not going to do that. Like I have to, to weigh the benefits from the biggest projects to the very smallest things, uh, and it alla- knowing what my number one priority is around my family allows me to put constraint on decisions that otherwise I would not put constraint around. I would just spin in circles. It would be easy to listen to that and say, well, you know, uh, of course, my, my work impacts my family. I have, to, uh, I have to be present for my work in order to make a living, in order to put food on the table. In order, and that's the right way to think about it. But, but for me, um, the work never comes first because I am, I am diligently always thinking about how everything else in my life, from dinner with a friend to whatever it is, is going to impact my family at kind of a micro level because of that priority. And mm-hmm. it, it ends up allowing me to put constraint around balance and focus around decisions uh, in a way that that I haven't in the past and that I haven't been very good at. Moving away for six months is very different than, um, you know, am I going to work late, you no, know, you're, or, you're yeah. Right. But I think that's the, that, that is actually my point that, that, that is on the really broad scale, but that also the same 
the the exact same level of constraint in decision making is applied on when I get a call from my kid's school saying, "Hey, your your son is sick. You you need to come pick him up." Right. right now, I have a family member who is ill and needs my support, and there is no one else to to help. Then I'm going to reshuffle my oh, my work that, yeah, question, to take care yeah, of it. No That's question. a micro impact yeah. that is really important to me. And I guess where I get kind of um, where it gets muddy is when it's not so black and white. Yeah. Because to me, that's very black and white. Child yeah. is sick, you drop everything. But that's what I'm saying. Like once I put that priority in my head that friends and family or family is first, it becomes less black and white. And that's what you want to try to do, right? Is be right. able to say that allow that your commitment to the priority is driving other decisions. It's allowing you to define the yeses and nos that come after it. So. Well, right, because if you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Yeah. So you have to kind of um, weigh the options of, of both. Well, and I know that one of the things that, that I will talk to people about is just waiting before they say anything to anyone. You know, if, if, if you're being requested of something to actually not give them an answer right away, but to actually pause and, and take some time and just say, let me get back to you. Or it allows you uh, time to, to really think about what your values are and priorities are and what you need to be doing and what you're saying yes to and what you're saying no well, to. Well, and that is a huge thing for me for the ADHD, right? Which is that I, 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 my natural inclination is say yes because I like to please people. Right. And I like to make people happy. And often if just a waiting period on decisions allows me to take a step back and say, okay, remember what I said? Remember that priority thing? Remember that, you know, how is this going to impact my, my current priority? How is this going to impact the thing that I want to be doing in my time? So in your everyday schedule, like when you're just going to work in your 10 to 2 kind of time frame that you've designated, are you picking just one priority for that time period or how, how do you go about that? Well, this is the thing, this is the thing that is, has sort of been in, in flux, right? That 10 to 2 that we talked about is that that's my, my client time, right? That's the time that I've dedicated to work on, on client projects. But there, there's this other time, uh, that, that is the, the Pete project time to move my, my personal sort of professional life forward. And, and so for example, uh, right now I'm working on a series of, of nonfiction books and that time starts as soon as family time ends in the morning and it, it ends at 10 o'clock. And so once I get the kids fed and off to school and my wife fed and off to work, right, <laughs> she's doing her thing. And uh, then I uh, sit down and I, you know, I write and, and I'm working on these uh, on these books. I have a, I build the strategy around the books. That's the time that is dedicated for that. And that is the priority for that time in the morning. And then the work for other clients comes through. And then at the end of the day, when family time kicks back in and I'm making dinner and I'm doing those sorts of things. But this is the part that I think is an important lesson. Lesson for me, that time in the morning, that writing time in the morning, it, it, it is definite, right? It has an end date. It is not this indefinite block of time that is going to be only used for writing forever and ever. I'm in. At some point, I'm going to finish these the the books that I'm working on, and I'm going to get them out there in the world, and then I'll be able to rethink what my priority for that time is. Maybe it's I'll, I'll be taking on another, uh, you know, teaching another class at the university for a, a time. And then that time will also change again. It's the, the point is that I've blocked out that time in my calendar for the current priority, whatever is most important during that phase of my life. Does that make sense? 
Yes. And actually, I like when you say compete, because that, that's something that I've been kind of stewing with a little bit too in the next, or in the last couple of weeks is um, scheduling time for certain things and having them be musts, you know, where they really can't compete with anything else. Because um, I think that that gets in the way, even though you think you have a priority and that's what you want to work on. Everything else competes with it. And it's so easy, especially if the, if the priority is not something that you want to do or maybe aren't very excited about, you know, th- that gets lost, yes. you know, that, that can easily be pushed aside. And so, um, yeah, it's an interesting concept because I've been trying to figure out certain things that I do that, you know, what do I need to schedule where nothing else can compete with that? And that actually, for me personally, is even going into self-care. It's like I need to figure out a, a time that's going to work for me to to exercise that isn't going to compete with my work because that is um, – the biggest excuse that I have why I don't exercise in the morning is because I could be doing work that's productive. And, um, you know, I could justify it's the same very reason. well it's, it's, why I should go to work. Exactly. You know? <laughs> that's so easy. It's the same reason you probably aren't doing any sort of, of like regular meditation practice. Right. right. Me, well, which yeah, is because... me too. Right. It, it, like, and, and right now I happen to be, uh, but it, it comes and goes and, and there's no, this is sort of the judgment free thing, right? A judgment free yeah. zone. I, there's no, there's not a problem with that. It's just a matter of recognizing that I'm, I am choosing to set a different priority right now. And that priority is I have a project I'm working on and I'm going to get it done. And when it gets done, then I get to rethink. I have the opportunity and the luxury to rethink what I'm going to do with the time that is now open. Right. Right. Well, it gives you some freedom for yeah. sure. And and permission to not feel shame. I mean, that's really what, mm-hmm. what this whole thing is about, right? It's it's permission to use your time in a way that doesn't cause you to feel guilt or shame for not doing something else. Right, right. At least that's what it is for me. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of shame that comes from the ADHD side of my brain, which is what could I be doing? And there right. are because what should of, I be doing? Right. Mm-hmm. What should I be doing? There's so much noise around that, 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 you know, stopping to, to reflect and, and look at this list and say, okay, number one right now is this thing. It's, it's get this thing done. As long as this doesn't impact my number one life priority, which is family, this thing is the thing I'm going to get done in this time that is available to me. And I think that's where we get lost is, is we don't sit back and look at the available time that we have and set a diligent and realistic priority for it. That's true. It's very true. The only other thing I wanted to bring up is that calendar I talked about last week. Did yeah. you, did you think about that? Um, have you had a thought about that, the, creating your ideal weekly schedule? Well, I have set an ideal weekly schedule to an extent, but it's not quite um, as defined as yours. I mean, mine is still pretty broad. I, you know, I start work at, at nine and right now, because I'm so busy with a, with a project that my defined schedule is kind of screwed up right now, but I will say for this that I do, uh, I do keep my weekends work free. So even though my, my weekdays have been crazy, mm-hmm. um, the last few months, I have kept my weekends free for my, for my family. So. We've talked about the benefits of, of the electronic calendar before, but for me, it has really shown itself in spades 
allowing me to overlay my ideal weekly schedule to my actual weekly schedule. Um, so, you know, the whole concept is I, I cleared out all my, I hid all my schedules in my calendar app, right? So I, so I'm looking at a, just a bare naked screen, weekly screen. And I just started dragging in. If I had 100% control of my time, uh, where would that time be? What would it, it look like? Right. What yeah. would it look like of when I work? What would it look like when I have family time that is not mine? What would it look like when I sleep? And I put all of that in there. So it's 100% filled minute to minute with these large blocks of ideal use of time. And then I slowly overlay my existing life. And I see where where are things kind of getting out of hand, right? Where are uh, where is my work schedule, my scheduled uh, you know commitments to clients? Uh, where is that creeping out of the ideal work time? And is there something I can do practically to move it in, or do I need to adjust the way I think about my ideal weekly schedule? Being able to see that that's the only way I was able to uncover the the project time that's allowing me to write these books. Yeah, because otherwise you probably wouldn't have known exactly when that was going to happen or how it was going to happen. And then it may have just been something that you kept avoiding or procrastinating to get yeah. started. I mean, that's I don't right. know. I'm speaking for you. but No, no, no. And you're speaking right. I mean, that's exactly what it was. I mean, it's so easy for those things to bleed into to other life. And, and the first week that I had done this, I actually set alarms for the time, daily alarms that said, okay, this is project time. And Something would pop up that said, hey, remember, this is when you committed to doing project time. I've turned that off because I've now kind of internalized what the schedule looks like every day, and I, I get it, uh, and, and I don't need it. But it was a really great reminder to say, hey, look, this is the commitment that your ideal self has committed to uh, that you're aspiring to achieve down the road someday. You may not be able to do it all at once today, but someday this is your ideal weekly schedule, and if you think about it every day you will be able to massage your practical schedule to fit into that mold and see what that looks like. I mean, we're all projects, right? We're all iterative <laughs> projects. We're just trying to, right. to make our bag of water and flesh <laughs> like move through this world as easily as we can. And that is, um, uh, that, that's, that's one of the ways for me that has really helped me put the constraints around the ADHD side of my brain that says, yeah. I, I need rules. Yeah, I need a yeah, rule. Boundaries. I need, yes, I have right. to have it. And it's been really uh, a really positive change. So I am so excited to hear how you continue to reflect on on the book. Um, yeah. And, and it's I, got some great stuff. It really does. I one mean, the, it really does. One of the most, I mean, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of great quotes uh, from the book, but one of the ones that I, I um, spend a lot of time thinking about, well, I guess there's kind of a pair, uh, talking about trade-offs. Trade-offs are not something to be ignored or decried. They are something to be embraced and made deliberately, strategically, and thoughtfully, right? That's the, the disciplined part of the title that, that, you know, if you're thinking in this mode, you're thinking a lot. And I mean, thinking like you're practically stopping to think for a few minutes to, to, to analyze what the next step is. Uh, and, and the second piece is essentially spend as much time as possible exploring, listening, debating, questioning, and thinking, but their exploration is not an end in itself. The purpose of the exploration is to discern the vital few from the trivial many. 
Hmm. All of this kind of boils down to that last line, right? The vi- mm-hmm. How do we figure out the vital few from the trivial many? Well, and, and the word intentional kind of comes to my mm-hmm. mind when, when I hear you read that, you know, it just feels a lot more intentional with your time and, and your space and priorities and what you're doing and thinking. And one of the things that one of the quotes that actually struck me was he was saying, only once you give yourself permission to stop trying to do it all, to stop saying yes to everyone, can you make your highest contribution towards the things that really matter? When I read that, I was thinking of all of the parents out there, uh, specifically moms, sorry, Pete, uh, <laughs> you know, that have this just terrible guilt of having to do it all, you know, and, and saying yes to everybody. And um, it, it really does kind of take you back thinking I don't have to do it all, giving yourself permission to not have to do it all. And there was another quote that he said later on that I didn't actually document, but it was, it was kind of like, you know, you can do everything, but you don't have to. And, and I thought that what a great thing to, to all of the parents out there is that, yeah, you know, you could do everything, but you don't have to, you shouldn't have to. And so like you're saying, what, what do you let go of that, that doesn't matter? So you can focus on the stuff that does. I love it's it. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Well, I, again, yeah. I, I can't wait to hear how you uh, how this continues to settle with you. And, and uh, you know, let's talk about it again sometime. I do feel like I need to go. I, I'm going to get off work early today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that. Excellent. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation. Again, uh, links in the show notes. Uh, and you can uh, grab the link to the book uh, or search for it yourself. Uh, Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McCune. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good read. Gives you lots of new stuff to think about. That's right. I think that's it. Uh, thank you, uh, Nikki Kinzer, as always. Uh, and I thought it's you're reading this book. Uh, I know. And right? th- yes. And, <laughs> and thank you, everybody else, for downloading and listening. And I also have to say, my very favorite thing of the week, besides this book, is uh, uh, from Madeline Templin on uh, Twitter. Madeline, Madeline Lee15, thank you so much for the shout out and your awesome notes. That picture I was know. so cool. I love that picture. Ugh, lit that me cool. up. What a great great thing to wake up to. So Madeline Temlin, thank you so much. You're fantastic. And uh, I think that's it. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. <laughs>